Welcome to this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate. I'm your host, Garth Sundem, Communications Director at MAPS. And today we're talking about omnichannel engagement with Rosie Humphreys, Senior Director at Open Health, Donnie Wooten Jr., Global Head of Strategic Medical Content and Omnichannel at Organon, and Kelly Lowe, Field Medical Excellence, Global and Asia Pacific at Amgen. So you guys presented a session at the MAPS 2023 annual meeting in Nashville titled Optimize Your Field Medical Team for an Omnichannel World. Uh, We had over 180 people attend over the two times I guess you offered the session and you got great reviews. So we thought we would talk about some of the session takeaways for those who couldn't attend. Um, So Rosie, Tell us about the session. Sure, thanks, Garth. So we ran this session as a face-to-face workshop. We had round tables where we actually segmented our audience with, with the omni-channel mindset. Um, we wanted to kind of communicate that into the workshop too. So we had three groups or three segments in our audience, which was just starting out on the journey of Omnichannel and actually people who felt they were doing Omnichannel. And we could compare this to the recent analogy um, from the Digital Four, which was crawl, walk, run. Um, And the idea here was that people would be able to engage with peers at similar stages of that Omnichannel journey. All right, so uh, if we're talking about Omnichannel and we're talking about segmenting the audience, um, that seems like maybe a first point to talk about with uh, omni-channel. So, Kelly, you decided to segment the audience. What was that meant to show? Thanks, Garb. Yeah, and when it comes to segmenting the HCPs and the audience, I think that personalization, it would probably be the first concept. Um, so I think it's, it's very critical that we do have a good profiling and segmentation uh, framework when it comes to omni-channel. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to that, I think it, it is not um, unfamiliar with the few medical team because we have been playing a very pr- pivotal role in profiling our HCPs. Mm-hmm. So we, we profiled our HCPs based on demographics, clinical interest, specialties, and I think many companies also use a framework uh, called the tiering system, which is based on the HCP's influential level. Mm-hmm. However, when we're considering the omnichannel world, this traditional way of profiling may not be sufficient. And so I think when it comes to stepping into the omnichannel world, it's important to um, also think about a segmentation framework that is aligned with uh, your engagement strategy, medical focus, that would really help you to target your engagements with the different segments of HCPs. So for example, um, in my company, we, we have developed a segmentation framework that is based on the HCPs knowledge level and educational needs, mm-hmm. right? So that we can uh, really target the way we engage and contents for the different segments of uh, HCPs. What does is, what is this group think about, uh, sorry to ask a very mechanical question, but, you know, it seems like historically we've maybe 
been able to have, I don't know, maybe a half dozen profiles or, or something based on these characteristics. I mean, now we're talking omni-channel, we're talking about very personalized, we're talking about very targeted. H- how far should we go with this? Are we talking 37 profiles now for for HCPs and KOLs, or how, how far are we going with personalization? Yeah, I can jump in, and I, I think Kelly and what she shared from the Amgem team and her organization is a good example of, you know, a core way to start first segmenting the way you want to approach your business. Um, what is the key needs and factors that are going to play for success in driving your strategic imperative? But then there's also segmenting based off of the behaviors of that provider, understanding those providers who want to have content in a very different way. So maybe some of your providers want to have content delivered in the face-to-face setting. They want to have conversation across some of your provider um, websites, really getting an understanding of how they themselves segment themselves into a different group. So I don't know personally um, if it's a if it's a numbers game or if it's a decision based off of your business. What we're doing at Organon is we're setting that up for the the field teams that make that decision, what works for your business? How many individuals do you uh, think is appropriate for what we call a roster or your uh, KOL engagement list? Um, what do you think is the most appropriate um, thing that they need based off of whatever part of the regions you are? So, for instance, in some organizations or some parts of the, the world, uh, certain channels aren't available or are different. So if you're in, you know, the the China market, they're looking at WeChat and LATAM and other uh, Latin markets. They use WhatsApp a lot. Like So all of those are multi, multifactorial. And I, I believe that it works best when you allow those individuals who engage with those providers to make those decisions on numbers and the approach. Rosie, I see you nodding. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And what was really interesting is, is based on what you've just heard from Kelly and Donnie, um, the second part of the workshop was an interactive exercise where we got those three segments, the three groups in the room to identify the key skills for field medical teams to allow them to be successful in this omnichannel era. So some of the things you've heard, you know, it's really key to understand your audience, understand your customer, and that, you know, segmentation comes into that piece. Other topics such as digital literacy, key communication skills, commercial mindset came up, which was another interesting discussion. And then finally, knowledge of relevant platforms and technology. So you can see that the skill sets we're looking at now for field medical teams has evolved over time in line with the medical strategy and what organizations now want to achieve with their omni-channel um, engagement plans. Oh, interesting. Let's let's dig in on skills in a second. I want to get back to that, but, but Donnie and I guess the group in general, I wanted to follow up. It, it seems like in terms of segmentation, we used to segment based on what we could based based on the HCP. You know, um, we would put them in tiers, we would look at demographics and region. But what I'm hearing from you, Donnie, is, is that a strategy first approach to segmentation drives then which segments we, we need. Is this flipping the direction of how we uh, implement segmentation? Meaning we're not saying we're segmenting because we can on these factors, but we're saying we're segmenting now based on our strategic imperatives? 
If I understand the question right, you're asking like, are we doing things different from how we were doing it before? Yeah. Specifically, on like how we're engaging uh, field, reaching those providers. I feel that it's a we were doing it before, but not as precise or with a lot of effort or strategy around it. Okay. Um, what I mean, for instance, um, when, at other organizations where I was in the field, we were already looking at, you know, are these individuals academic providers that we're focusing on? Are they community? Are they, you know, mid-tier providers? And the way you approach them would be very different. So the segmentation of the concept is something I think medical has done for quite some time. I think now we're looking at it a bit more strategically, like I think as Kelly mentioned. So first looking at what type of strategic imperative does your business need to meet and who's the right audience to, to support driving that imperative forward. So looking at those audiences in that way and then broadening it out, you know, how can we more so tailor it to what the provider wants? And instead of looking at it in a very individual one by one, looking at it in a group, in a segment, you'll know um, certain certain characteristics of certain groups act the same. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to approach it um, based off the, the framework that Kelly described, based off how we're doing it in our organization is how can you begin to create kind of groups that you can approach them in the same way and, and drive some of the same results? Okay, thanks, Donnie. Let's go back. Let's go back to. Oh, uh, sorry, Kelly, go ahead. I would just like to add on to Donnie's comment and completely agree that I think starting with a strategic imperative that is aligned with your medical strategy, that would gives you the the what. So we always start with the what to to engage with, right? It's the what what type of contents, what would be the right uh, message for um, the the educational needs that the the HCPs uh, would require, and uh, and then down it comes down to the how, which is we think about what channel to engage. Uh, what is their clinical interest and that help us to answer the how questions. So when we add up the what and the how, that gives us uh, a really good personalization to our engagement. Okay, thanks, Kelly. Let's let's go back to skills. So we have scientific and clinical acumen. Um, we're starting to grow business acumen. And Rosie, uh, remind us what else we need now for omni-channel implementation. So from the workshop, we identified five top skills that are needed for field medical teams. And, and those were starting with understanding your customer, okay. uh, digital literacy, communication, mm -hmm. commercial acumen or business acumen, and then knowledge of relevant platforms and technologies. Okay, interesting. And can we uh, can we train this in our field medical staff, or do we need to hire it new? Interesting question. Because the first exercise was, what are those key skills that are needed for success in Omnichannel? The second exercise was, what are those key skills that are not yet optimized? So trying to identify the skills gap and therefore how we can support organizations to fill those. So for example, in terms of the, the skills that a lot of people felt were not yet optimized, that commercial acumen came up as number one, uh, oh. followed by things like data and metrics interpretation, strategic thinking, adaptability, and listening skills. So even the nature of those skills is changing. Um, we're seeing a lot more discussion around soft skills than, than we did in the past. 
Oh, that's interesting. Do, do you think that um, scientific and clinical acumen then is is just assumed, or it's the it's the uh, it's the foot in the door, um, and then all of these other skills build on top of those? Yeah, I I, I think so. I think that in order to be um, within the medical affairs organization, you have to have okay. that clinical scientific acumen and then it's all about you know seamlessly weaving all of those other important elements into that scientific and clinical acumen um, the soft skills are important to how you get access to those providers and build rapport with them but you also want to be building rapport around science and clinical um, discussion when it comes to uh, strengthening our digital capabilities of our field medical teams uh, that should only be weaved in with how they engage around clinical and scientific discussions as well. So I think it's an addition, and it's also one of those things I philosophically believe that um, teams will be much more successful when you do that in a way that builds on how they're already doing business. Um, we use the scientific engagement model, which is a seven-step model from pre-call planning all the way around to that post visit analysis. So how do you weave in all of these new skills into that? How do you weave in the omni-channel experience into that already existing framework? So they're not really learning a new kind of framework. They're just learning how to weave in some new components into it. That's interesting. So we're let's let's go to implementation then, Donnie. And you know, field medical teams have existing ways of doing things, um, some of which are not yet omni-channel. So how do we adopt omni-channel into this model? Maybe we know what best practices are for omni-channel. How do we get there? Yeah, I, 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 I echo again, like weaving it into the already existing ways of working, like the okay. scientific engagement model. When you think about that post-visit analysis, that final step of that engagement model, oftentimes you want to like, follow up with the providers, you know, set up that next meeting or put in your insights um, to the organization, but also communicating with that provider in the meeting when you're building a report and after that meeting to move them to another channel that they may have said, share that they're interested in. For instance, a number of organizations, including ours, has um, have professional websites that are developed and tailored specifically for medical professionals to go in and find content that they're interested in. So reminding them and navigating them directly to what they want to see and understand so they are familiar with those channels and they you know self-adopt those channels. So I think that's what we should do. I think as you're training your teams on the scientific engagement model, building in those steps on how you you know build rapport around um, asking questions about what channels of interest, what type of data are they interested in, and then how do you weave them across your organization channels. That's interesting. So even I just want to, can I, may I add on to Donnie's comment about the importance of channel selection? And I think it's very critical for the not only the medical team, but also the organization to have a very good understanding of the landscape of different channel use for their local environment. Because as you can imagine that um, the company would put in a lot of efforts and, and investments and resources into developing a new channel. And so, for example, um, we probably would be aware of the, the differences across the different countries using email as an example. Uh, we do see that email is a, is a very heavily invested channel and very commonly used channel in a lot of markets in, 
in the U.S. in China in in sorry in Japan and across a lot a lot of different different countries. Um, but for example, in China, email is very minimally used because they use WeChat uh, more uh, more prominently. Uh, and so it's it's very important to have that understanding. And interestingly, if you, if you even look into the countries and across different TAs, you may find that there is difference. For example, um, in general medicine, where if you think about developing website uh, as a new channel, uh, in general medicine, maybe there is already a lot of available information or available websites and platforms in, in sharing information to the HCPs and patients. And there may not be a lot of value to develop that as a new channel. Whereas in rare disease, that will play a very critical role because that is the, the information and the, and the platform that's lacking in that population or in that disease area. So when considering, you know, the budget as a, as a very critical factor in omnichannel as well, so that um, the, the channel uh, landscaping would be very critical. Uh, this, this seems like we're talking about building, I don't want to say many things, uh, but a st strategy first approach to which channels are most highlighted in your omni-channel strategy um, regionally and across therapeutic area. This um, seems like it might require some resourcing or support. Uh, Rosie, how do, how do we get that? Absolutely. I think we recognized in the workshop that we're asking a lot of field medical teams now, you know, as you said, the scientific acumen is a given, but now we're also asking about these soft skills and this market specific knowledge. And it, it, it is asking a lot of those teams. So no, they can't do it alone. Um, so the last section of the workshop actually was to identify those key areas of support to help field medical teams get to that omnichannel success. Um, so in, in the last um, section, here we identified things like cross-functional collaboration, having those conversations early between medical and other functions to understand perhaps what's already been done, where um, you know, budget has been invested so that you can leverage and build on that. Um, then there were things like training and knowledge management. So again, going back to things like digital literacy and knowledge of specific platforms, technologies. I mean, we're now in the, the space of AI. We need to support the field medical teams with that training to ensure that they feel confident and comfortable using those different digital channels and also technologies. Um, and then lastly, there was a piece around senior leadership buy-in, which was really important at the start of that omnichannel journey. So one of the benefits of segmenting our audience was that we found that the support that is required to succeed varied at different stages of that journey. So at the beginning, um, you know, that cross-functional collaboration, that strategic alignment with commercial was really important. And then for groups who were further on in their omnichannel journey, that's where, you know, budget investment, training and knowledge management became more relevant. So you can see how those support areas are dialed up and dialed down depending on the stage of your own omnichannel journey. Yeah, and just to you know further stress the point about the leadership buy-in, it's critical because you have so many elements of omnichannel that doesn't sit specifically with medical or doesn't sit specifically with the field. It's really a cross-pollination of your business. So if you think about 
the providers that the field medical team calls, calls on, the commercial organization calls on these same providers. When you think about the strategy that you're trying to address, um, the commercial has their strategy and they really should tell a really comprehensive and good story so that you're giving a personalized experience that's holistic and consistent across your, your business. So if the leadership isn't bought into the concept of working together, partnering and understanding how to move things forward, you'll, you'll, you'll hit bottlenecks. You'll hit bottlenecks where perhaps um, the content that is being created on medical is inconsistent with commercial because of some of the language that might be used. So it's important that you know medical affairs has a really big role in that scientific narrative and working together cross-functionally. So when a provider's talking to a commercial colleague, they're getting the same type of understanding of that product verbally as they would with a medical colleague. Um, you'll hit bottlenecks when you look at those channels, like medical affairs don't own a lot of those channels internally that our providers would want to use. So for instance, those professional websites or professional hubs with digital content, it's likely that the commercial colleagues are owning that, but it's important that when they go into that with a medical stamp, that medical affairs is the ones that are um, you know, confirming what that looks and feels like as medical experts in the organization and to give that credibility. So leadership buy-in, funding, and, and really uh, alignment across the business to work in that manner is essential to success. Okay, one, I guess one last question. So, and it's another one about change. Uh, it, it seems like when we weren't in the omni-channel world, medical was implementing within medical. Maybe we were building our own platforms and, and our engagement strategies moving forward. Does omni-channel require us now to align across the business? And does that then provide an opportunity for medical affairs to put itself forward as a real strategic partner alongside these other parts of the organization? Is omni-channel the path to the third strategic pillar uh, model of medical affairs? I'll just say one quick thing. Yes, absolutely. I think um, medical has has to leverage a commercial acumen in itself, like understanding that you know you're you're operating in a business, um, you're operating in a business that's driven based off the success of both businesses, both your medical business and your commercial business. Mm -hmm. And the most effective way to do that is to have some great alignment across. Um, both of those enterprises so that you can meet the provider's needs. So, um, but I spoke a lot, Kelly, do you have any take on that? Yes, absolutely. And I also agree that Omnichannel with Omnichannel Medical Affairs would become a very important strategic partner in the biopharma uh, industry. And what I would like to also add that is that it was also being discussed quite extensively at a workshop that Omnichannel is a tool and that does not change the objective and the nature of scientific engagement that we are here to serve patients, to advance clinical practice. Um, and Omnichannel is, is a tool and it, it is something that we need to align across the different functions. Uh, and it is an enabler for us to engage better, engage uh, with a more personalized approach and tailored approach that meets the HCP needs of the new age. And so I think that's one point that um, that really brings back on why we're doing this and the nature of the medical affairs team has not changed, but um, it helped us to engage more effectively. 
Oh, uh, before we go, I, I know there are some resources that uh, MAPS members and other listeners can use to follow up on today's discussion and learn more. Um, Kelly, I heard something about a paper. Yes, so I would like to call out that as we speak, the summary report of our Nashville Omnichannel session is available. So please do um, check out the summary report. We will include a link uh, and in our uh, within this podcast. So feel free to um, take a look. Yeah, and I'll add that um, MAPS has done a wonderful job in continuing dialogue, especially for Phil Medical. There's a medical affairs masterclass hosted by MAPS for Phil Medical in San Diego, November 6th through 7th, and um, really opportunity space to deepen some of this uh, omni-channel and Phil Medical. All right, let's, let's leave it there for today. So thank you, Kelly, Donnie, and Rosie for joining us. To learn more about how your organization can partner with Open Health, visit openhealthgroup.com. MAPS members, don't forget to subscribe. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate.